This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder, catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. 11 games in, six more to go. As we talk about the 2021 Arizona Cardinals, they have put themselves in excellent position, gentlemen, through the first 11 weeks of the regular season and 12 because the Cardinals coming off their bye. Nine and two. No one has a better record. They are six and zero on the road. Four and zero in the division. Yes, it looks very good on paper, Drew. But we know that these final six games are really going to tell the story because, as we've heard from coaches and players, this team hasn't accomplished anything yet. Yeah, it's after Thanksgiving, and we're uh, we're getting ready to roll now. I think this is where you start jockeying for the positions, as uh, as you see, and teams really identities have been formed at this point. And, and I think the Cardinals have a great one. They're getting healthy at the right time they were able to survive and it shows the depth of this team to be able to come away in the division with two really good wins headed into the bye with some guys some marquee guys in this league let alone this team not being able to perform so it's only going to help this team for the the long haul as they get prepared to try and play some great football in january a half game lead mj on the packers a full game on the buccaneers and the cowboys come in at seven and four so there's going to be a lot of jockeying at that top but i focus on the division and winning the division because that guarantees you at least one home playoff game. Well, if if my Niagara Falls math is correct, Cardinals win the next three games, they would clinch the division. They would wrap it up, and then you you know, worry about seedings now. Three home games, three road games. Uh, obviously, this team has taken the one-game approach, but just getting you know your starting quarterback back, your number one wide receiver, getting the offensive line back in, in – to where you're playing your best five guys, you know, and then Jonathan Ward on special teams, Charles Charles, Charles Washington maybe, and uh, Rashard Lawrence maybe, and Edmonds for the um, Rams Monday night game. So I think they're in a good spot, and that was the plan. If you look back, if they could have won a couple games, and they did with Colt McCoy going two and one, um, this allowed them the rest of their top players, and as he pointed out, Drew pointed out, that this is the time to make a run. Yeah, 9-2. and two. No one has a better record. No one has more wins than the Arizona Cardinals. Before this team went into its Thanksgiving slash bye week, Chandler Jones on what it means having that number one seed. To walk off the field with the best record in the NFL, I mean, it's it's an amazing feeling. Um, it goes to show you that uh, none of the work goes in vain that we put in throughout the week. And uh, in order for us to do it without, you know, Kyler and, and D-Hop, it goes to show you the, the strength of our depth, you know, next man up. And, and that, that all reflects to our to our front office and, and, our, and our coaches. That's exactly what you were talking about, Drew, because without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, no Justin Pugh, no Chase Edmonds, yet you go 2-1 and one with two huge wins on the road within the division. Exactly. It's so hard to win on the road. And we went into the season saying this division was as good as it gets. Now Seattle's having their mishaps. You know, you look at the Rams and they're trying to piece it together with some additions and all they've had 
But we got to be careful with San Francisco. They're finding their footing in the run game, and we saw firsthand how good that run game can be. But as long as you're the lead dog and you stay out in front, I, I think that this team has the capability because they're so versatile, because they can go different directions. And they've had to even overcome injuries like Max Williams, guys like that that we haven't really talked about because it's so far removed. But I think the nice thing that you look at this week, it allows everybody to get healthy, allows you to take a step back and look at everything because it's such a week-to-week business, and they talk about the one on no mentality, and that's great, but that requires a tunnel type of vision and that vision when you have a bye week can then all of a sudden become and you broaden the horizon of like okay what can we do to get better here what areas have we been exposed at or where can we be better with communication all of those things allow for this week to do that on top of getting mentally refreshed for the long haul and the bye came at a perfect time without stating the obvious number one seed we only it happens in each conference versus a two or three seed but you know they play seattle um in week 18 uh, what is Seattle playing for? Talk about that break if you do get that top seat. I mean, is I mean, obviously you like you're two games away from the Super Bowl. I'm getting ahead of myself, but just as a player, when it comes to the first seat or the second or third seat, yeah, it's huge. Especially now the way they've realigned everything, and you look at a team like Seattle. It's a veteran team that's not going to have anything to play for. So you go in there, and a team like this that's hopefully riding high at the time you go in there and you punch them in the mouth you jump on them early and you come away with a win and then you get in a position to sit back and kind of watch you get refreshed and and i think the nice thing is is the leadership that's on this team the leadership that cliff has he's not going to overdo it you're not going to overthink anything and sometimes when you can kind of sit there in your druthers and you're like okay well what are we going to do who are we going to play and you start over preparing that's not cliff's mentality that's not the mentality of this team they're going to be able to come together and really the other advantage that really is prevalent this year as opposed to last year is there's fans in the stands and this stadium is as good as it gets come playoff time or in crucial moments i mean i've been in this stadium and i've been fortunate enough to be in every single nfl stadium this is as loud as it can be throughout the nfl given the time when it's needed most and that's the beauty of these fans that's the beauty of the red sea when it rises up when it needs to and that is a shot in the arm that allows players to go out there and give a little bit more to be able to can add added confusion as opposed to the vice versa if you go on the road you have to go to green bay you know a lot of us like this lifestyle in arizona that's why we signed as free agents going to lambo in january doesn't probably present well to anybody on top of you know it's just that much more difficult so you want to be able to do those things and right now even though craig started talking about week two playoffs matter and the positioning matters but now as we get to this point everything matters and is magnified that much more because these games start you know adding up and you start measuring yourself against the Green Bays, against the Tampa. I mean, I don't think Dallas is going to be around when it's all said and done, but you have to prepare for a team because they're good enough to beat you on any given Sunday. And this week, the preparation is the Chicago Bears with hopefully Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back on the field. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. That should help to the best players in the league, so hopefully they can pick right up where they left off but um, that's always a concern getting adjusted to the speed of the game we'll we'll once again have um, quite a few good on good reps this week so they can feel that speed and um, hopefully and come out and and play at a high level but it's it'll be an adjustment period for them now again Kingsbury acknowledged that there's nothing definitive about Murray or Hopkins playing this week but missing three weeks and really four weeks given the bye week how how difficult to what Kingsbury said there Drew how difficult now is it going to be not just for those two but everyone else who's been missing time to kind of pick up and hopefully not left off from where they went yeah I think it's just an individual basis right it's a case-by-case scenario 
I don't think Kyler's going to have any problem picking up where he left off. His ty- his type of game, his style of play, it's not conducive to sitting there and saying, I-, I need a ton of reps. You saw what he was able to do week one after everybody was sitting there scratching their heads saying, man, his preseason wasn't great. He didn't get enough reps. He didn't get all these things. He can go out there and play. DeAndre can go out and play. Offensive lineman, maybe. You know, you got to be able to sit there and you have to combat different uh, pass rush moves. If you're getting bull rush, you can't simulate those type of things in practice. You can try, um, but then there's going to be other scenarios of just trying to stay healthy. Chase Edmonds, I think, is going to do a good job when he gets back out there of being ready. These guys are professionals. You've seen the culture that exists in the locker room, and so there's little tricks to the trade that you can do to build up, and, and I think more than anything, Cliff's just trying to be humble, You know, trying to give these guys the platform, and there's some gamesmanship involved too. Of, I don't know if they're going to be back. Hopefully they're back. I mean, it's been long enough, and and this is when you need your horses to be able to get out in front and lead this team. You know, something we'll have to pay attention to is just how the Cardinals start the game against the Bears. I mean, you know, you're obviously you're on the road. Uh, the weather could be more windy, could be 40, in 40 degrees, but this team gets off to a good start. They get a lead, and all of a sudden now they're going to force probably Andy Dalton to throw the ball. So it would be interesting to see how they start um, because they, this team, like any other team, when they play with a lead, they can do a lot more on defense and they play complementary football. Yeah, they can start dictating both offensively Correct. and defensively. We have not seen Kyler Murray on the football field on game day. We have seen him during the week in practice. His backup and a starter for each of the past three games, Colt McCoy, letting us in on how Murray is doing as he appeared this week on the Day Patch podcast. I know how bad Kyler wants to be out there. For him to miss three weeks, he hasn't really missed a game in his career. Like, I know how bad it's been hurting him, and I want him to be back. Everybody wants him to be back. I'm thankful that we were able to win a couple road games in our division. You know, we have the best record in the league right now. We have sort of our goals in front of us, and hopefully Kyler comes back healthy and, and we can just continue to play good football. And I think we're in a position to do that. In addition to Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Pugh, Max Garcia, some other players along that offensive line that could be back. Chase Edmonds has to miss at least one more week as he is dealing with an ankle injury and was placed on injured reserve. So this team is getting healthier when it matters the most, and it's this final six-game stretch. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. You'd like to see improvement in all areas. Um, at times, I thought we, we played really good complimentary football, but in certain games... Um, we didn't, you know, reach the level that we'd like to. And I think just consistency um, over these last six and being the best team we can be moving forward. But I, I think our best football is out in front of us. I told our team that before we left on the break. I, there's a lot of room for improvement in all areas, and, and that'll be our goal moving forward. You know, when you're 9-2, it sounds like we're nitpicking. We were talking about this on Cards Cover, too. Is there any areas, to me, it's obviously being able to run the football consistently with your one-two punch when Edmonds get back and stopping the run. To me, uh, those are going to be uh, um, my, uh, magnified because you're getting to the month of December and January. So if you look at a couple areas, what would you see? You want to see more consistency. Yeah, I think those are it. If you look back at the two losses and even the games that are close that they were able to scratch out and win, why were you in those positions? And, and I think the two blueprints of the losses were very similar. Um, Minnesota, very similar. Of teams that are running the ball, staying ahead of the chains in those type of situations that present a lot of difficulty for defenses. And Vance Joseph's kind of saying, okay, like this is a toss-up. Are we going to be able to get away with this? Do I, have to, do I have to add another guy to the box? Do I run blitz here on second down? All of those things. And their runaway victories are because they're doing those things successfully. Now, it's great to do that. But there's also certain teams that are built that way. They're built for that. 
you look at certain teams that aren't able to divert from plan A and go to plan B because they don't have the personnel or the capability to do so. So you don't have any margin of error when you get to January football. You have to have everything sewn up. It's got to be completely locked in because you lose, you go home. You can't sit there and be like, man, we lost the exact same way to Green Bay or we lost the exact same way when we weren't prepared this time around. So, yes, everybody to a man in this league wants to run the football and stop the run. The teams that can do it impose their will, those are the teams that are going to be successful because you don't know what elements you're going to be dealing with come that time of year. And I think that Vance Joseph's done a, a tremendous job of when there has been leakage of saying, okay, how do we sure this up? And he's done it time and time again. That's what's been most impressive. And the the thing that was disheartening, which I don't think we'll see again, the Carolina losses, it just looked they looked flat. We talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago. There was no enthusiasm enthusiasm to the way you play and that's all defense is it's attitude it's effort it's passion it's going out and getting after the ball and I, I noticed that early on and they've gotten back to playing that way and against Seattle they were playing that way that they were playing for the man next to him they were doing all of those little things that matters and then running the ball again James Conner's done a tremendous job but having two viable backs is needed at this point in time you look at the teams that can do that su- successfully over the long haul iteration of the season and you're talking about Minnesota that has two really good backs. You're talking about Green Bay that has two really good backs. You're talking about San Francisco who can sign a guy off the practice squad and plug him in and play. So there is a mentality, there is a way to do that and those are the two things that I think they really need to focus in on because Kyler's going to make his place. He's so talented, he's so gifted. I think really moving forward for this next six, this next six weeks you're going to see DeAndre really take a step up because he's going to get more opportunities because everybody else has kind of shown they are capable of doing everything as well. I'll go back to what Kingsbury said in that soundbite, the consistency because we have seen this team do things things well just not consistently there has been to your wordage your wording leakage just things that just haven't looked good and everyone strives for perfection you're not going to attain it but you certainly can work towards it and that's what the cardinals hope to do here over these final six games subscribe to arizona cardinals podcast on apple podcast spotify google podcast and stitcher listen to your favorite shows on the go like the day patch podcast cardinals underground cardinals cover two the big red rage and of course this show the cardinals red sea report visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information as we continue here on the cardinals red sea report when we come back the defense we got into it a little bit stopping the run more importantly winning on first and second down. We'll hear from the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, as we continue here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Back to pass goes Wilson, steps up, gets hit, fumbles the ball as he sacked at the 43. He did recover. Chandler Jones was back there for Arizona. Shotgun snap, straight drop back. Wilson in trouble, sacked by Isaiah Simmons. Back at the 36-yard line. Consecutive sacks by Jones and Simmons. Going to give to Collins on the stretch to the right drag. Down in the backfield and taken down by Chandler Jones. Wilson back to pass in trouble, hit it, sacked by Chandler Jones. Back at the 30-yard line. Jones can't be blocked. Wilson back to pass. Sack though by Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones. They meet at the quarterback back at the 30-yard line. Between Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones, that's 18 of the Cardinals' 28 sacks through 11 games. As we continue here on the Cardinals' Red Sea Report, Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki looking at this Cardinals' defense, the fifth best defense in the National Football League in terms of yards allowed per game. 
fourth in scoring, allowing just over 18 points a contest, and that's what defensive coordinator Vance Joseph judges his team on as far as how many times they're keeping teams out of the end zone, and more times than not, that's exactly what they're doing. And you look, and it's been different players, MJ, and we forget that J.J. Watt was lost several weeks ago, yet this team has found a way to plug and keep going, moving forward even without your big piece, your big free agent signing. Yeah, and, you know, it was just a matter of time for Chandler Jones. I mean, he's worked really hard in practice. He brings a lot of energy on game day, and we all know they come in bunches. But the fact that Marcus Golden's picked everything up and Isaiah Simmons, maybe he didn't play well against Carolina, and not a lot of guys can cover Christian McCaffrey in the open field, but he's made plays. Jalen Thompson stepped up, and, and now you're starting to see the rotation on the defensive line. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I just like that the Cardinals aren't relying just on one player. And we haven't even talked about Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson and Robert Alford, and let alone Buda Baker. So I like that, you know, Vance has done a great job um, dialing up blitzes, using that NASCAR package. You know, when he initially was hired, it was man-to-man press. Now they're seeing a lot more zone. And when it comes to second and third down based on down and distance, he's he's really getting his playmakers on the field, adding speed. And, you know, something we were talking about uh, prior, Craig, was, you know, we see a lot of teams play three corners, but we're starting to see teams play three safeties, and it allows you to cover other guys in, in the open field. This defense has a lot of players performing very, very well. I don't know if there's a standout guy, Drew. I mean, you can make an argument as far as if you want to look at an 11-game MVP. You can name maybe a half a dozen or even more because stats don't always tell the story, but I think that's a credit to everyone on that football field. We always hear, do your job, don't try to do too much. Everyone is focusing on their role within this defense. Yeah, they're playing great team defense and you hit the nail on the head. That's why they're successful. There's not a standout guy and uh, as MJ was talking about about at each level, there are guys that are playing extremely high level. And, and really, uh, the the two guys that stand out to me most that make everything go are the safeties because you don't see missed tackles, and we've talked about it on the show time and time again. There's not any yards after contact. When there is a guy coming up to make a play, they make it. And there, sometimes you take that for granted because we're so used to seeing it. But the guys that they're going up against, the running backs, the wide receivers in this league that are so talented, they make guys miss for a living. I mean, uh, and so you see those two guys. And I'm not surprised, to be honest, about you know losing J.J. Watt. Yes, the leadership you know the the big play capability is difficult but when you have a defensive front like you have and guys that are like the mentality of playing together as a unit playing for their linebackers of making sure they're eating up gaps and doing all these things guys like Corey Peters that I played with personally and I have so much respect for the way that he plays the game he doesn't play it for notoriety he plays it for the guy next to him and that's how Marcus Golden plays that's how Chandler Jones plays I know that because I've been in the locker room with those guys and they're tremendous teammates that play together and buy in every time you hear Marcus Marcus talk. He's talking about, hey, coach just puts me in a position to be successful. Vance Joseph's this, Vance Joseph's that. And everybody, when they're talking about that, you see it because behind closed doors, you can see the impact that Vance has had because the safeties were talking about, hey, we got to make sure we plaster against Russell Wilson. Isaiah Simmons talking about in interviews, hey, you know, I've got to do my job better because we're doing this. They are prepared each and every Sunday when they go out there, and it's a testament to the staff, but also the players to be responsive enough to buy into what's being taught. And they got a spark from uh, Jordan. Phillips. You know, obviously he's a guy that's dealt with some injuries, uh, signed that contract, but 
you know, I, you know, going back to camp, you're like, okay, they need him. And he's come out here and given a spark. And I think it's freed up guys like Zach Allen a little bit more, and they can move other guys around. So, um, again, and we'll see what happens with J.J., you know, once we get to January, and that would be a nice addition. But right now you got to roll with what you have. But I like that front seven. I feel like they're they're winning at the line of scrimmage, and it allows their safeties and their, and their corners to make plays in the secondary. And the news that Rashard Lawrence has been designated to return. He can get back on the practice field, whether he gets activated officially this week or next week, but that 21-day window has opened up. The Cardinals have missed him because of a calf injury, so that should help along the defensive line and maybe allow Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden even more options or uh, opportunities to get after the quarterback. We know Chandler Jones, as I mentioned, has eight quarterback sacks. He was awesome against the Seattle Seahawks specifically on Chandler Jones and then venturing into what he wants to see from this defense here's defensive coordinator Vance Joseph Chandler I mean he is he is hitting his stride you know and he's had a couple weeks where he won quickly you know and the ball was coming out you know fairly fast but you know if he's one-on-one guys he's going to win his one-on-ones but for our defense, winning, winning first down, winning second down, keeping the third downs longer to allow Chan to rush, to allow uh, you know, Junk to rush, that's the key for our defense. You know, we have to always win first down and win second down so we can dictate third downs. We always look at the end of a game. What did the opponent do on third down? But it comes back to first and second down. And you mentioned the Panthers game and the Packers game. And I've kept these numbers because those are the two losses. And we hear Vance Joseph mention winning on first down. Packers, they had four and a half yards on first down. The Panthers, 5.4 yards on first down. That's not dictating third down because now all of a sudden the opponent is dictating to Vance Joseph what to be done. Yeah, exactly, and you have the whole offense at your disposal. I mean, those are teams that want to run the football, and when you're in a four or less situation on third down, you feel very comfortable running the football. I think that that allows you the capability, especially when you have backs like that. You look at Christian McCaffrey and and how many catches he had coming out of the backfield, but also rushing for it on third down. A.J. Dillon, he's a workhorse for them for a reason, so he can do all those things. Same with Aaron Jones. You just have to find ways to play great defensive football, and they've been doing that. And going back to MJ's point, defensive lineman stats don't show up, but Jordan Phillips, the way he was even influencing that Thursday night game, being back on the field, I mean, he stood out to me right away because he was so disruptive, and sometimes we don't see these stats because they're not showing up. There's no way to quantify it unless it's PFT, which who knows what his rating is on that, but within that, you see the way that he can affect the game, and when you start rotating guys in there and you see all these things, even how multiple they are at linebacker. I mean, Jordan Hicks was a guy that was talking about wanting to get out of here and get traded. Thank God he didn't because the impact he's had, not only being able to get everybody lined up, but the the X factor he's done had in some of these games of the emotional plays or big plays that he's had has really turned the onset of some of these games in our favor and allowed us to win some close football games. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that he came into shape, I mean, you could see he was motivated whether he was going to play here or somewhere else. I mean, according to Cliff after training camp, Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks were the best players. And it's not a surprise that he's placed a ton of snaps because he knows the defense like the back of his hand. He's been in this defense for three years. And he gets guys lined up, and that's not a knock on Zayvon Collins, but it takes a lot of pressure off Isaiah Simmons and other guys. So, I mean, he's the perfect um, inside linebacker for this team under Vance Joseph because literally I, I just assume they can finish each other's sentences. It's just based on knowledge, 
uh, reps and being in the same meetings with him. Well, and there's something to be said about continuity. Maintaining yeah. the same defensive coordinator, defensive staff, defensive scheme can make the same claim on the offensive end as well. Now, the one knock on this defense is the run defense, and specifically yards per carry. 4.7 yards per carry that this defense allows. But you look at the Bears, Rams, Lions, Colts, Cowboys, and Seahawks, these next six games, the final six games, the one that sticks out to me the most is Christmas Day with Jonathan Taylor coming to town, and we know what he's been able to do this season, certainly with Derrick Henry now on the shelf. But that is a game, maybe Ezekiel Elliott, that would really – dictate or really tell us how this defense has gotten better and maybe getting back to that consistency especially with the Colts and Cowboys in back-to-back games. Yeah, well, I think Vance and was very open about it. What he cares about is how many points they're putting up on the board. We get enamored with stats and and that is a big stat, right? If you're averaging over four and a half yards a carry, that that's a big problem because three rushes and it's a first down and the chains are moving. And you are going up against some elite level talent later on in the season but at the same time when you're not giving up points and you're allowing those to happen and a lot of these guys that have great rushing stats they're breaking off big runs very rarely besides the Vikings game when he was you know when Dalvin Cook was you know charging off 10 12 yards a pop you don't see that usually the the average goes up because you have one long run and if you can mitigate that if you can really again it's about being gap sound and making sure that you don't get pushed out of it and that's what teams want to do and the vast majority of this league is built on trying to establish the run and when you can do that then you're going to see it keep coming and keep coming and and you start trying to press as a defensive coordinator whether it's blitzing or adding more guys to the box all of those things so if you can shut down their main priority which again that's what indianapolis wants to do they have committed to that wholeheartedly because they have an elite level back um but again, you can take him out of the game and make Carson Wentz beat you. I like those odds a lot. Yeah, and, and the Cardinals right now rank fourth in points allowed, 18.4. They're giving up only 204 yards through the air. And yeah, the numbers uh, average per carry, but they're only giving up rushing yards, 113. Sound like they're giving up 160 a game. That would be an issue. So, And then red zone and third down conversion. And to me, teams can go from the 20 to the 20, as Drew pointed out. You force them to kick field goals, and that's the reason why right now they're 18, only giving up 18 poor four points per game. That's really impressive. And that's when we've seen that defense really locked down. When they get to the 20-yard line and inside the 20-yard line, then all those numbers don't matter. Are you keeping them out of the end zone? The Cardinals defensively have done that. The Dave Pash Podcast, episode 18, available now featuring Cardinals quarterback Colt McCoy. You can go to the Dave Pash Podcast. Follow via Twitter at HashPod. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap, straight drop back, steps up, moves to his left, throws left into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown. What a throw to Christian Kirk for six. Kyler Murray steps up, extends the play with his legs, and drops a dime to Christian Kirk. Quick throw to the left side, caught by Hopkins at the 10, slips a tackle, runs left to the 5, into the end zone for the touchdown. Wow, DeAndre Hopkins broke a tackle. It looked like he was dead to rights, but he
he spun out of there. Hits pay dirt. Straight drop back for Kyler. Steps up, lobs it back in the end zone. Wide open is Hopkins, and a touchdown. Kyler back to throw. Fires to the end zone on the right side for A.J. Green, who caught it. Touchdown, A.J. Green, one-on-one, a fade, and it's dropped in a bucket for Kyler Murray's fourth touchdown pass of the day. And the Cardinals just put the stake in the Browns. You drop the Twinkie into the toaster. Kyler Murray. It's been a little while since we've heard Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley talk about Kyler Murray on the football field. Hopefully they will have that opportunity this week when the Cardinals visit the Chicago Bears as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Raylou, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki. Kyler Murray has missed each of the past three games. Cardinals, though, went 2-1 and one with Colt McCoy as the starting QB. But you look at what Kyler has been able to do in those games or those highlights from the game against the Cleveland Browns when the Cardinals won 37-14 without their head coach and without several other players specifically on the defensive side of the ball but Kyler Murray this season drew 17 touchdowns seven interceptions he's completing nearly 73 percent of his pass attempts that is number one in the National Football League yeah I mean he was having an MVP caliber of season for a reason you know he was in there and and some of those interceptions I think he just started getting a little bit too greedy to be honest could be even lower uh, or you, you look at what he's capable to do when he gets the ball in his hands he's the most electrifying player in the league for a reason he's been in that MVP conversation for a reason and we hope to have that back on the field Sunday unless you know it's been a month away now unless he's an NBA player and needs more time off you know waiting for the playoffs but at this time I, I think uh, you know we're excited to see that and Cole did a tremendous job of holding down the fort doing exactly what's needed um, you know as a backup I, I've said before we're only measured by wins and losses and to be two and one and have two division wins is huge and i think that that kind of you know you're a placeholder and colt talked about it before you know you're in this weird predicament of saying yeah i want to play but at the same time i know i'm the backup and he was brought here for many reasons um one of which was to go out and win football games but the other is to have an impact behind the scenes with kyler and we've also seen that come to fruition so colt has uh, earned his money in spades this year and hopefully they'll extend him and he'll be able to be here for a while because he's been a huge addition to this team you know it was interesting you know going back to that packers game where hop only played 15 snaps and he had that one catch um, and then obviously he had the penalty there. But I, I want to say, and I looked this up, I want to say all seven of his touchdowns have come in the red zone. I mean, he's missed three games, and he still leads the team as a receiver. Christian Kirk has four. Rondell Moore has one. Uh, A.J. Green has three. Zach Ertz has, has three already. So, And, and I noticed that uh, maybe in the Panthers game, they really weren't getting a lot of separation. Now, they, I want to say A.J. Green was out for that game. Was that COVID? Uh, I think I believe that was the game. Because in other words, we got a chance to see Greg Dorch and Andy Isabella, but just having Hop on the field. I mean, in the way Adrian Green's playing now, and Rondell Moore looks more comfortable, and Christian Kirk, and then you get the running game going. You know, I know the Cardinals, and, and we talk about inconsistency. This team is nine and two. Yes, I mean, you throw away the Minnesota game, that happens. We've been on the other side of the stick. Yes, every team has a dud. But I think the Cardinals are one of the most consistent teams in the entire league, and I don't think they get credit for it. I think, now thinking back of that, the A.J. Green miss was at San Francisco when we could say that they were without their number one 
at okay, number two fair. wide receivers plus Kyler Murray in that game and still able to win 31-17. But when you look at the number of offensive options that Kyler Murray has with, you mentioned all of them, when Rondell Moore, and then you throw in James Conner and Chase Edmonds, this is now hopefully with Kyler Murray coming back, Drew, an opportunity for Kyler Murray as he was watching from the sidelines to kind of maybe get a better idea of what he has at his disposal and maybe you can learn a little bit from the sidelines. Not a long time sitting and watching. <laughs> they know he doesn't want to do that, but make use of that time not only to rest but also get better. Yeah, you have it from a different vantage point, and I think also when you go out there and you see the way that Colt was able to hit some of the checkdowns or get different second, third options in the read, when you're in the same framework of this offense but you see somebody operated a little differently because their mindset's differently and their skill set's different, right? Colt's not going to scramble around and extend plays and throw it down the field and do all these things that we're accustomed him to with Kyler. So when you see that, you're saying, oh man, like he's getting to the, the fifth read in this option. He's kicking the ball out. And Kyler's done a good job of that. Um, but the other beautiful thing that we've seen from Kyler this year is throwing inside the hashes. And we we're talking a, lot, a little bit about it off airs. He had a tendency to kind of move or scramble or run or expose himself to more injury when he didn't need to. And Max Williams was doing a phenomenal job of filling that void. And he goes down. And boom, you're able to go out and get Zach Ertz and not make sure or make sure there's not any drop off there, which is a huge asset to have. And yes, I do think DeAndre Hopkins is going to explode the second half of this season as he comes back from injury. I mean, we saw it a little bit, but those Thursday night games are such an anomaly, right? Of trying to get prepared, trying to form a game plan. They don't know what exactly they have health wise from DeAndre. So Kyler wants to get him the ball. I mean, we saw it. He force fed him that long touchdown that should have been a touchdown besides the face mask type of thing, and then we didn't see him anymore. So how that plays out, that's a security blanket that you're never going to get rid of because he's so talented, and having him back at full strength, full speed, makes everybody else better around him. And, and really, like you said, this offense has become bulletproof because of it. They've had to overcome everything you've needed to, and everybody is going to be back in the equation, hopefully, for the remainder of the season. Um, and that's what's going to allow this offense to propel even further and get back to the point where we were talking about for the first month of, man, these guys are so good. How can they be stopped? And they can't be stopped. They can only stop themselves. You mentioned where you have seen Kyler improve. How about Colt McCoy? Where has he seen the Cardinals starting quarterback get better as he talked with the Dave pa oh, talked with Dave Pash on the Dave Pash podcast? Kyler is so unique in how he sees the game. Like it's it's very impressive. He's very smart. He plays with feel. Some of the guys I've played with are just very routine and structured, and they know the game so well. They're great at situational football. They, they study it. They, were, and Kyler is at at the top of the list on on a lot of those things. He sees it right. He plays the feel. He knows the coverages and structures, and he knows how Cliff wants the, the offense to be run. And this is the jump that we anticipated or hope we would see, MJ, from Kyler Murray from year two to year three. And again, it goes back to the continuity. Same head coach, same offensive system. He knows this offense, and we're now seeing why he knows his offense so well. And more talent around him. I mean, you bring in a guy like Rodney Hudson, and, and then the fact is you bring in James Conner who's obviously been your short yardage guy, and then you bring in A.J. Green, you draft Rondell Moore. I mean, it's not a fluke. There's a reason why this team was scoring over 30 points a game and putting up 400 yards, and they were playing complimentary football. Uh, you were right. He was out for that game against the 49ers, and the next game he only had one catch for four yards, and that's when I thought Rondell Moore and A.J. Green probably could have done a lot more. Um, but now, uh, when you got all your weapons back, I mean, just – 
whoever's open. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, they just want to win. And and Cliff kind of tongue-in-cheek said, just give Hop a touchdown every game. He'll be fine. Yeah, just make sure those <laughs> stars, make sure that they get their uh, attention. Versus 10 to. targets. <laughs> The good news is in that locker room, they all have that one common goal, and that's to win on Sunday and make a postseason run, a long extended postseason run. The other good thing in that locker room is everyone's willing to help each other out. Colt McCoy being that mentor to Kyler Murray. Here's more from the Cardinals quarterback on the Day Patch podcast. Yeah, we are in two totally different places, but it's very healthy, funny conversations go on. He never changed a diaper in his life. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, he still goes home and plays video games and is still young, right? But his maturity and his wisdom in the game is very high. And we have lots of great conversations. You know, he's captain on the football team. I think there's ways that we've been able to talk through things. How do you see this? What do you think I should do here? How should I handle this? All those things that, I, I, again, I just think it's been very healthy and productive Obviously, in different parts of their life, Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray, and Colt even mentioned on that Day Patch podcast, joking that uh, Kyler Murray should do some babysitting for the uh, Colt McCoy family, and that would be awesome to get. Well, that a camera means in he there. would have to change diapers. <laughs> that would be yeah. unbelievable. But the one common ground is their position and their love for the game, and that's where you can find that common ground to get those conversations going. Yeah, and they're both Texas guys, and all Texas guys think they're better than everybody else, but that's a whole different conversation. Uh, no, but honestly, I mean, that's the beauty of Colt McCoy bringing in a guy like that and the commonalities that you have that you touched on, but only also it's just time spent together. There's a mutual respect that was already established because, as Kyler talked about, he grew up watching Colt. You know, the folklore of, of him at Texas and all of those things that that matters. But there's got to be a trust that's built over time as well. And I think that's something that we're seeing now on the outside that was already established in training camp that's being talked through in film rooms. It's being talked through when you have downtime and you get to go out to dinner on the road or you do all of these things and you invest as an older guy in a younger guy to help speed up that learning curve and to do all those things but also you know Kyler's done things his own way for a long time but feeling like you have somebody in your corner so a confidant that can help you out that can do things behind the scenes to maybe say okay well you know this is the way that we need to identify this coverage or to your point going through the progression not force feeding it to hop okay go one to two to three but kind of eliminate two pretty quick because you know three is going to be wide open or hey we know we've got pressure coming in right here we're going to lose our back so make sure you get to this or all of these things that really matter because Colt's seen the game from that lens for over a decade but then relaying it in a way that that Kyler can digest it, go out there and actually play to his skill set because Colt touched on it, right? He has this balance that he's found this year of the preparedness that Cliff really wanted to see out of him as a starting quarterback along with the freestyle capabilities that he has to extend plays and make things happen that you can't take away. And you mesh those two together, and that has the potential to present winning football that is really unstoppable. And that's what we have become accustomed to seeing from him. And a lot of it has to do with because not only Colt, I mean, Colt's done a tremendous job, but you look at that entire collective offense and the continuity that you said that exists within the framework of this offense, it allows him to deviate a little bit and add his own flavor to, but he's still playing within the confines of the offense. I don't know if they could have got a better backup quarterback than Colt McCoy for Kyler Murray where he was in his career. I mean, they hit a home run here. The fact that he won two road games, I mean, that's what a backup is supposed to do. I mean, you called upon and you did it when Carson Palmer went down. So 
again, Tyrod Taylor was out there, RG3. I mean, he's doing television now. I mean, I don't know if you could have made a better signing when it came to Colt McCoy based on what he's doing with Kyler Murray. The next episode of Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach, premieres on Wednesday on the Cardinals YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. A look back at the epic Monday night meltdown against the Bears in 2006. And Dennis Green's major post-game meltdown. Again, youtube.com slash azcardinals for all episodes of Cardinals Folktales. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. This is a whole new team. It's a whole new year. You guys are going to get the best of us. It's a long season. Take a shot. It's the journey. Positive energy is infectious. It's infectious. And it's going to permeate throughout the building and then permeate throughout the valley. When the expectation is that high and you don't play as well as you plan to on Sunday, it hurts. You have to be able to embrace the pressure and respond. There's no chance we weren't winning that game. I feel like I just lead by example. Connor obviously brings such a different element. Ah! Meeting the guys, being with the guys, and exceeded my expectations. We were ready to hit somebody before the game started. There's no disrespect to the other team. It's just who we are. Maybe we're just better. A tremendous look back at the 11 games the Cardinals have played thus far this season. Cardinals flight plan ready to rise. Available now on the Cardinals YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Game by game with exclusive interviews and behind-the-scenes footage. And the best parts, Marcus Golden interviewed in a whirlpool. Yeah, but it's also what it's like to be a GM when you're on the field and Minnesota's lining up for a field goal. That was fascinating. That was great content, and and I, I love the the um, the teaser. But this is like forty five minutes of just week one and just a journey to the, get to the nine and two. But time was, you could just see that you you I mean you're in a spot to where it's you win or lose and everything changes perception wise. It's a great look back. YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. Cardinals flight plan ready to rise. Again, the Cardinals now entering their second phase or second half of the season, really post-bye week with a 9-2 record. 4-0 4-0 and in the division. Everything has gone right for this team here in year three under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Before the bye week, he was asked if he gets any personal satisfaction on proving all those that doubted him. The only thing you know I like is family members, uh, people that believed in me forever, them to actually not you know, hear me called a dumbass all the time. So that's kind of the the biggest positive I take away from all of it. That was a great response from (laughs) Kingsbury, who I think is more comfortable being a head coach here in year three. And, of course, winning helps being more comfortable when you have to address the media on a daily basis. Yeah, and and I think he also hit the nail on the head of – it's not just him. There's other people that have been along on the journey with him. We have family members. We have loved ones that are as invested as we are. But to his point, too, is he's talked about it, and as we're all aware of, the regular season is going to come and go. It's what you do in the playoffs is how you're going to be remembered, and he's very cognizant of that. I think this offense has made their own luck. This defense has made their own luck. We haven't relied on special teams too much, but I think we have a Pro Bowl kicker that when it comes down to it, he can perform. So 
yes, we're in a great position, um, but it doesn't just happen uh, by dumb luck. We're not 9-2 and two sitting here saying, man, like we really lucked out winning those football games. They have imposed their will on each side of the ball in a lot of these games and taken away what these teams do best. And as you've talked about before, the schedule is what the schedule is as we move forward, and there's a lot of winnable games, and there's reason for optimism. But again, that's only going to take you so far. You have to go out and produce each and every week, and then come playoff time, you have to be playing your best football. Certainly winnable on paper. This week's matchup at the Chicago Bears, 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Then you look, the Rams host the Jaguars. The Packers are off this week. The Buccaneers travel to the Falcons. The Cowboys are at New Orleans. So this is the favorite parts of the show in which we put Drew Stanton on uh, on notice that even as a player, maybe you couldn't do this, but you're scoreboard watching, you're looking because now it becomes all right, each week, do we move up? Do we move down? Are we staying the same? And there is a little bit of an eye towards what everyone else is doing within the NFC West and the rest of the conference. Oh, without a doubt. And, and you know who those teams are. I mean, you talked about the Packers and the Bucks. It's a three-man race to me, in my opinion. And you see that, and each and every week it kind of takes care of itself but come that final week when everybody's going to be there and there's that cluster at the top because you want that home field advantage that's when there's going to be even more scoreboard watching there's going to be even more of this hey guys we've got to make sure that we keep pace and you just keep going you keep plugging away each and every week and it's going to start with going into chicago this week and coming away with a win that you're supposed to win and the cardinals have some distance over the rams in that division rams have lost three in a row uh let's go saints falcons and jaguars We will see what materializes this weekend and then talk about it with you in one week's time when we reconvene here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Again, Cardinals at the Bears, 11 a.m. is the kickoff from Soldier Field. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Drew Stanton, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next week. We do it every Tuesday at 11 a.m. year-round. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. He got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club. Oh.